This is a special podcast from podnews.net. I'm James Cridland. There's a new name in the podcast industry, the Podcast Academy. It's a membership-driven, not-for-profit organisation designed to be inclusive to the entire podcast industry. It'll run annual peer-based awards, the Golden Mics, as well as advancing knowledge and relationships in and around the podcasting business. I was at the announcement at podcast movement Evolutions in Los Angeles at the end of last week. I sat down with four board members for a lengthy Q&A. But first, here's the announcement from Wondery CEO Hanan Lopez. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here so early. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here in this room. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the art and business of podcasts. First, let's start with an anecdote. Once upon a time, there was a podcast paradise. This beautiful place where all podcasts were free and available everywhere. (laughs) They were supported by very few host-read ads at high CPMs and some listener donations here and there. Platforms in this paradise would promote all podcasts equally without favoritism. Somebody would just launch a great show from their garage and they would organically rise to the top of the charts and get hundreds of thousands of listeners, and everything would be great. (laughs) In this paradise, podcasts were art and expression, and everything else was secondary. But not everything was great in podcast paradise. The money wasn't that great after all. We didn't know, or they didn't know, anything about our listeners, and we were tired of reading the same ads over and over. And to much of the world, podcasts really earn no respect or little respect. And then one day, aliens arrived in spaceships (laughs) adorned with dollar signs. They talked about scale and brands and big names and they had their agents and their talent and um, obviously quality did matter, does matter, but so did many other forms Uh, many other things that matter in the other forms of media, like marketing and editorial recommendation and and algorithms and tech and um, windowing and exclusivity. So one of the oldest inhabitants of paradise confronted one of these aliens and he told me, I mean, he told him, (laughs) uh, why are you even here? We created podcasts out of nowhere. We don't need your names and your brands and your confusion, and all you're really doing is to make life more complicated for us and make it more confusing for listeners and just more difficult for people who are here already. You're ruining our paradise. So the alien responded, well, but you kept complaining about everything. You said that the money wasn't that great, You said that you didn't know anything about your listeners, that ads were the only revenue stream, that discovery was broken, and that you were tired of reading the same ad for Blue Apron over and over. (laughs) And then he delivered the singer, pointed a picture of Howard Stern and said, and you wanted to be taken seriously, right? No, he's laughing at that one. This is an actual quote in 2015. He doesn't say that anymore. Well, it turns out that paradise wasn't really all that paradisiacal, if that's a word. And aliens aren't really aliens. What's happening today is that a great form of art is nurturing a business. And that's not only to be expected, but celebrated. Because it's happened 
to every form of art before us. Starting with the fact that every form of art was at some point not taken seriously. Even theater. In 1642, the English Parliament ordered theaters closed for portraying lascivious mirth and levity. Look it up. <laughs> Movies. The tastes of the seething mass of human cattle are dominating was a quote from a 1910 article of the Moving Picture Wall magazine, Human Cattle. And television had some of the best quotes about it. Opioid for the masses, the dumb box, the vast wasteland. Not that long ago, if you're an A-list uh, um, film person, director, or actor, you wouldn't deign stupid, you, you wouldn't deign working in television. But things change, and things are changing in the podcast world for the better. Because we, who work in the podcast industry, have lots of great things going for us. First, podcasts are a deeply immersive, intimate medium. You guys all know that. Let's compare watching the Dirty John TV show to listening to the Dirty John podcast. When you're watching the Dirty John TV show, you and your brain can tell that you're not looking at Deborah Newell. You're looking at a picture of Connie Britton pretending to be Deborah Newell. But when you're listening to the Dirty John podcast, not only you know that you're actually listening to the real Deborah Newell, your brain thinks that she's there in the room talking to you. Podcasts are deeply intimate and immersive. Last year, Mindshare did a study, a neuroscience study, uh, of podcasts, and they found, and audio, and they found that audio-only stories have 89% of the emotional power of audio-visual stories. Second advantage, podcasts don't require our eyes, and I know that's so obvious, but in today's world, that's a huge advantage. Our eyes are being bombarded with more and more options, more television shows of better quality than ever, games, billboards, uh, movies, uh, on smartphones, on TV sets, on screens, on the street. And again, all that competition Podcasts provide relief of that visual onslaught. And there's something else that's happening that's really changing people's propensity to listen to podcasts. Smartphone or smart hearable devices like AirPods are really bringing new listeners to the podcast world. eMarketer predicts that 230 million people around the world will have an AirPod on another similar smart um, earphone device by the end of this year, which is double what it was by the end of last year. Third thing, you go, um, podcasts can still be produced and launched by a single person with enough drive, talent, and motivation. It goes without saying that I believe in every area of art and business, a team of talented people can achieve more than a single talented person can. But in all the other forms of art that I mentioned before, it takes a lot of people and a lot of capital to have a great work of art come to life. Take television. In the US, it costs about $50 million before marketing costs, takes 200 people or more, and takes two to three years to have a television show come from idea to air. Movies. 
anywhere between hundreds of thousands and hundreds of millions of dollars, multiple years, sometimes 10 years in development, and even then, most don't ever see theatrical distribution. Let's take theater. Uh, there's one joke about how do you become a millionaire. You guys heard it? Start as a billionaire and then invest in theater. <laughs> and they still do it because they love theater, the art form. <coughs> now, there are exceptions. You can still write a book or record a song pretty much by yourself. That, that still happens. Um, but then finding an audience is where the difficulty comes. So podcasts are in this incredibly unique position where today, and I predict this will be the case for many years, a podcast done or produced by a single person can sit alongside a podcast created by a company like us or even a bigger company like NPR and beat us on the charts. They're even entitled to feel the feeling I call Chardenfreud. <laughs> that feeling of satisfaction when somebody else's show is low on the charts. And you feel it, right? You feel it. And it's close cousin, rating fraud. Doesn't require explanation. For the record, I never feel that. Because I do want the competition to continue. I do want independent voices to thrive and to continue to be able to produce their shows, get in front of millions of listeners, and decide for themselves whether they want to sell the ad themselves or partner with a company like us or Stitcher or put their show behind a paywall or not or do any combination, go to Patreon, get supporting uh, from direct listeners from um, other platforms or do a deal with Stitcher Premium. It's your show. You should decide what to do with it. But we podcast makers, um, even though we do have a lot of things going well for us, uh, there's not, we don't have everything. We have 800,000 podcasts and counting, and there isn't a clear way of signaling quality in podcast world. Ratings and consumer reward, um, reviews are one way, but they're not enough. Critical reviews are not widely read yet. We don't have the equivalent of the New York Times reviewers of books or movies. And word of mouth is hard to scale. But there's one way to reward quality, which music, TV, movies, and theaters all adopted early enough in their histories, which podcasts yet don't have. The Oscars established in 1929. The Emmys established in 1949. The Grammys established in 1959. All these awards have something in common other than starting a year that ends in a nine. <laughs> They're given by member-based not-for-profit organizations, respectively the Academy of Motion Pictures, Art and Sciences, the Television Academy, and the Recording Academy. Members of each organization are professionals who are working in their industry, primarily in creative roles, but also supporting roles. They can be producers, directors, actors, and they all vote in the respective categories for 
technical categories and also in the general categories where everybody gets to vote. Members of these organizations are people. They're professionals. They're not companies. These are not trade associations. These organizations are broad-based. The AMPAS has over 6,000 members. The Television Academy has over 15,000 members. And the Recording Academy has 25,000. They're known for their awards, yes, but they're also professional development and to some extent networking organizations. A member of the Television Academy, uh, I was one briefly, is a proud member of the Television Academy. And these organizations were formed early in the history of the industries and they were created to celebrate quality, not numbers. So that's one thing that podcasts don't have or rather didn't have until today. I wanted to invite three amazing industry peers to join me on stage. Kerry Hoffman, CEO of PRX, Christy Mirabal, VP of Marketing of Sony Music, and Alia Tavakolian, Chief Creative Officer of Spoke Media. We are part of the Board of Governors of the newly created Podcast Academy the Podcast Academy. The inaugural board of directors includes a number of other amazing professionals. We have Eric Dean from Stitcher, many of you know him. We have Courtney Holt from Spotify, Anya Grunman from NPR, David Albright from Tenderfoot Television, we have uh, Oren Rosenbaum from UTA. We have Lauren Sporer from Criminal Productions, Rekha Murthy, and other independents joining our board. We're really excited to include them. We are going to be an academy that is welcoming of all members, from hosts to producers to writers to creator professionals in the marketing PR area to uh, sound design to you know, professional representatives. And an academy that will hopefully include everyone in this room. And every year, starting in 2021, the Academy will present the first fully representative peer-based award ceremony for the podcast industry called the Golden Mics. <laughs> and to conduct a panel and a Q&A, I wanted to invite the editor of Pod News, James Critland, to ask us a few questions. James, please. <laughs> yes, I could do with a microphone, that would help. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Hanan. This sounds really exciting. Um, and congratulations on the launch of the Podcast Academy. Um, I've got questions. I'm hoping that you have answers, otherwise, this bit's going to be really short. Um, <laughs> So first, let's um, meet the panel. Kerry Hoffman is uh, president and CEO of PRX. You've been there for uh, 10 years, over 10 years now. Uh, you led the launch of Radiotopia. You're behind podcasts like Ear Hustle and The Moth and many others. Uh, you're also, though, on the board of the Peabody Awards. And I'm wondering what the Peabody Awards can teach the Podcast Academy. Well, I think, you know, something that uh, Hernan said is how do we celebrate 
the profession that is growing. It's like a point of maturity for any industry to start recognizing the complement of individuals that contribute to any successful show. And that's one of the things I'm most excited about. So for the Peabody's and recently the Pulitzer's started to recognize podcasts, but it's still early days and it's and they're, it's sort of like a Podcasts are measured against all kinds of other media. And so one of the things that I think is exciting about this opportunity is that it, it, we, can, we can celebrate the sound engineers. We can celebrate excellent writing and editing because lots of, lots of shows have a big team behind them now, and it is a point of maturity. So for, um, you know, one of the things about the Peabody's is, you know, that's about an 80, you know, to go on the... Timeliner is about an 80-year-old institution, and um, but it is a, it is a big swath of media, and I like that this is really kind of the professional lanes of what we're what we're all about here. So it's exciting. Uh, next to you, Alia uh, Tavakolian, your co-founder and chief content officer from Spoke Media. For those of us who don't know, who are Spoke Media? You have 16 people on your website, I counted. We do. It's uh, scary and wonderful. Uh, so yeah, Spoke Media is a creative development and production company, and we, we believe in making adventurous content and creating a more representative media landscape. I think of the content producers on stage, you're, you're quite small in comparison. And how important is, is it for the Academy to be inclusive of everybody in this industry, from the NPRs and the PRXs, uh, right down to you know me who sits in a, in a room at home and records a podcast? I think it's incredibly important. I think, you know... Um, Without awards, without like something like the Academy Awards, every movie might be a Marvel movie, and I think that's probably true in our in our medium as well. Um, I'm I come from theater, and so I'm a big proponent of collaboration, and I believe in teamwork, you know. And I think like I'm excited to see work get recognized, you know. Like I think Parasite winning four Academy Awards is a really great example of this, you know, a Korean movie entirely spoken in Korean, entire Korean cast, Korean director, writer. Um, is now broken into the mainstream in a way that maybe it wouldn't have if it didn't win those Academy Awards. And I'm excited to see that happen in our medium. Uh, Christy Mirabar is VP of Podcast Marketing for Sony Music Entertainment. Christy, you, you, are, you are aware this is a podcast conference, not a music conference. I am. What are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> what am I doing here? Um, you know, I think what we believe is that we know as a company, as Sony Music, is we know how to find talented individuals, whether it's music or whether it's podcasting, and we know how to supercharge them and, and kind of bring our entire uh, infrastructure to, to really supercharge whatever they're trying to create. So whether it's from, you know, creative strategy to business development to sales to, you know, obviously what I do is marketing, um, we are there to help them all along the way. And, and we're really looking forward to and have already started building very integrated partnerships with creators in the community. Now, in the, in the music world, obviously, academies, organizations are really uh, important. There's the Grammys, uh, you know, obviously. I know that you've been pushing for the Podcast Academy for two years now. What do you think that the academy can bring to the podcasting industry? I mean, I want everybody in this room to participate. I want everybody in this room to go out and talk to people that they are connected with every single day in this community and get them to participate, right? And then I think what we do is we raise up as a voice and we get other people that aren't listening to podcasts to get interested, you know, to your point about getting something like Parasite to people to talk about that, let's do that, right? It's, you know, I'm going to be cheesy, but it's kind of like Bonnie Raitt said, you know, let's give them something to talk about, right? <laughs> 
Uh, you, ha you had to get the music in, didn't you? I did. <laughs> had to I, get. That wasn't even, that wasn't even <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> Hanan, uh, is this a commercial company? Are you going to be? A, are you all going to be rich after all of this, or 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 how does it how does it all work? No, this is a not-for-profit five hundred one C6 organization, similar model to the television and the film and the recording academies. It will be funded by members, uh, so everybody who's a professional in the industry will be able to apply to be a member, so long as they're working in the industry and they have credits in and they are assigned to. Uh, one of multiple peer groups, and we'll also seek contributions from um, fundraising. Um, for instance, Wondery and all the companies in the room are making a contribution uh, to fund the initial operations of the company. And, and then finally, the award ceremonies uh, will themselves uh, have entry fees. But the point of the organization is not only to give the awards, I want to emphasize that this is a professional membership organization, is to celebrate and foster quality in podcast making. So you, um, let's open it up to, to everybody here. I'm looking at the board um, behind me, and there's two things that I notice straight from this. Uh, firstly, Hanan, you need, you need a color camera. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a thing. Uh, but also, secondly, maybe more, more importantly, um, there's a really good gender balance here, isn't there? Christy, I'm wondering, is, it, 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 was that an accident or was that a very specific thing that, yeah, that you were keen into? Absolutely not an accident. You know, it's, it's something we were very thoughtful from the very beginning and, and we're obviously even still kind of continuing to grow the Board of Governors and that's something that is very, very top of mind along every step of the way. And when you were looking at the, at the board of the people on the board, um, how did you choose who, who was actually there? We were looking for people who are going to be energetic about something like this, people who had diverse voices, right? I think we were very careful to make sure that it, you know, that independents have a voice, that, you know, that the bigger companies that are supporting the industry, you know, potentially also had a voice on the board, but just making sure that the entire community of everybody in this room has, has, a, has a voice on this, on this board. So yeah. two things that mattered a lot was in addition to having the board be majority uh, women from the beginning, uh, we wanted the board to be equally representative of companies. Um, of people who work at companies like Wondery or PRX or, or Sony Music and independent voices like Donald Albright and um, Ali and, and Rika. And we also are very mindful of geographical representation. Uh, we still don't have the entire board uh, complete. There are 17 seats and we announced 11. There are two asks out, so we're still looking for more independent voices, uh, in particular people who um, are, are coming from the Midwest and, and the South. Well, I, 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 and I was going to ask, uh, open across the world, I mean, can any member join from anywhere in the world, or is this a US-only thing for now? We haven't decided that yet. That will be a subject of the first conversation. Also, we have to be mindful of the legalities of having been a not-for-profit organization of, of accepting memberships from beyond the US, but that's one of the first things that we'll, we'll decide in our first board governance meeting. Mm. So let's talk about who can join, um, and you know, and do uh, jump in. I might ask you, um, uh, Alia. Um, it's people, not organisations. So we're not we're not looking at um, uh, where you work. We're looking at who you are. Um, our industry, though, is very unique, isn't it? Because if you, I was a trustee for the Radio Academy in the UK for a while, and it's really easy to work out 
if you work in radio or not, because you are given a paycheck by the BBC or by uh, Global Radio or by somebody like that, and it's really easy and straightforward to actually work out whether or not you work in the radio industry. It's not that way in podcasting, is it? So who can actually join as a, a, as a member of the Podcast Academy? I think one of you should maybe answer this, right? Because you might know this better than I do. But as I understand it, anyone who's rooted in this industry and has worked in it for a certain amount of time can join. So it depends. You you need to earn. You need to have credits. Uh, the, the similar model to the Television Academy, depending on whether you're a writer or a director or a host or a reporter or a marketing and PR executive. A creative executive or a professional representative, those are the peer groups. Each of them have a criteria. And it's going to be a simple application process. We're going to ask people, and by the way, anybody can register their interest already uh, and sign up for updates at thepodcastacademy.com. That's thepodcastacademy.com. That website should be up very soon, uh, if, not, if not already up. Um, and, and then we'll ask the kind, same kind of question that the Television Academy asks. What have you worked on in the last two years? Give me a list of the actual credits, and, and we'll ask for two references to make sure that you are a professional and not a bot. Right, so, the, so it's, the, it's, it's a very verified uh, thing. Is, is this the same way as, as other organizations uh, like this run, Kerry? Uh, yeah, except for I think that the uh, if we could go back to the paradise picture for a minute, you know, the, the openness of podcasting is something that, you know, hopefully will continue throughout this type of process. And what I, what I love about this idea, and I just want to really thank Hernan especially for his leadership and his just enthusiasm for this kind of thing. So I really appreciate that. Um, but the one, of the one of the great things about podcasting is that excellence is just not centrally sourced. It just doesn't come from one place. It comes from many, many, many places. And the more open the access points are, whether it's for awards or whether it's for recognition or whether it's for networking or opportunities to meet other people, it really strengthens the whole ecosystem. And so... And what, what award ceremonies do and what award, um, they can change people's careers. They can put people on the map and really accelerate, accelerate a trajectory, but also provide inspiration for many others. And so they, they give us a really lovely, we can find kind of bright spots. And the openness combined with the bright spots is, I think it's just time. And so I'm really excited about it. When you, um, when you join as a member, I, I, I suppose, firstly, is there a cost of joining as a member? Uh, Christy, do you want to um, uh, take that? Or, Although I can't remember. Or, uh, or, or whoever, hundred, whoever wants to join in? Uh, yes. Um, we, that will be confirmed later on, but the, the current plan is to, uh, to, to have membership start at $100. will be a discount for people who join before a certain time. That's one-fourth of the membership cost of the television association and even less of wow. the film association. Yeah. We're pretty committed to keeping costs low, right? Yeah. We want to make this something that everybody can join, so it's not something that, like, you know, $2,000 and you can be a me- You know, that's yeah. not what yes. we're trying. And yes. then you will be able, as a member, you'll be able to enter um, awards and you get a discount on the entry fees of any award that you apply for. Sure. And in terms of being a member, you, uh, it's not just about the awards, as you've, as you've said. Um, are there going to be opportunities for training or for best practice? Or wh- where, are you, where are you going with this? What are, what are, your, what are your thoughts around 
what the goals and the objectives of the Podcast Academy are going to be long term. That's, that's exactly what we want to do because the awards will only be one night of the year for uh, 365 other days or 364. We have to do what we can to connect the podcast community, to create seminars, to create meetups, to uh, create uh, best practices, uh, groups, and documents so that people can come to the organization and learn and, and networking opportunities. People will be able to come in and search for other professionals within the academy. What we want to achieve is want people, as I mentioned before, to be a proud member of the podcast academy. Mm -hmm. So, um, Kerry, you, you, you obviously um, uh, have quite a lot of skin in the game of training because that's uh, something that you've been very much involved in. How useful are you know, skill, skills transference uh, going to be to the, to the podcast academy long term? I mean, as I think about, I mean, the, the, gap, the gap between um, who makes podcasts, whose voice is heard, et cetera, is what lies in that gap is training. So training really helps shorten the ramp to success. Um, there's lots and lots of different styles of training programs out there out there now. Um, we do a variety of sort of free online, uh, you know, sticky online classes. We have two podcast garages, which are kind of community-based studios where we do 120 events a year. They've been, they've been sold out since we opened the doors three or four years ago. So the, this is, these are all healthy indicators of the interest, the interest for the quality to improve, etc. So I, I think that, you know, again, when we, when when award ceremonies are doing their best, they really showcase quality in a way that people want to emulate and that is inspirational. And so that can also come with training. Ali, you're, you're nodding. Is this something that you, you, you feel fairly strong, strongly about as well? Oh, yes. Like, I mean, yes. I think um, I'm, I believe that um, there, there's been a major gap in training. And also, I, mean, I think I was nodding my head at the... Uh, the inspiration. I'm really, really excited about that. I'm really excited to make space for new work and make space for new voices. And I think like, that's what I'm just jazzed about it. What, what do you think has been missing so far from the training and the opportunities that we've had? Is it, is it just purely a, a lack of an organization like the Podcast Academy? I have a thought on that. I mean, one of the things I think that probably everybody in this room can relate to is that in order to be successful, you don't just need to do the audio part well. You have to become very knowledgeable and, and increase your literacy around technology and digital marketing and business acumen that, that is, is just so much beyond. This is, this is something that has really changed over the last 10 years. And so I think, you know, what my hope is that we have all kinds of different training aspects that cover the many slices of skills that people need in order to be successful and cut through. Especially given that there are the forms of storytelling in audio are evolving. You are from the UK originally, so you know that the BBC has really been the trained the best tool for training professionals in all kinds of audio storytelling. We haven't had an equivalent in the US, partially because in commercial radio, there wasn't room for storytelling. It was mostly about live talk, news, and sports. Um, so obviously, public radio was the birthplace of quality storytelling in the US, and now podcasts are complementing what public radio is doing. 
Um, and one of the biggest bottlenecks that all of us who work in big and small companies alike have is our access to talent, our access to talent who know how to tell stories well. Can I just say one thing I think I'm really excited about when it comes to the training is because inevitably with like more training comes a broader group of people making this, right, working within this medium. And I'm excited to see people like break format and make new kinds of shows and like make a game show, make what does reality TV and a podcast sound like. Um, I'm excited for people to take the structure, the beautiful three-act structure, five-act structure we've all known and loved, thank you Ira Glass, for years, and break it. I'm excited about that. Yes, breaking the, breaking the rules is always a good thing. Is it, is, it, it's one of your podcasts, Hanan, I hope it's one of your podcasts, that is a game show around true crime. You're, gonna, you're looking at me as if that's not one of your podcasts. No, that's not <laughs> it's, a, it's a game show, thank heavens, because I can be rude about it. It's, right. a game show about, it's a game show about true crime. And they're asking, you know, what did the Manson family do when they cut off somebody's finger and all this kind of stuff. It's just the weirdest thing, but that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly where us. we're going with that. Not this um, time. Thank heavens for that. Um, <laughs> Now, um, th th there of course have been podcast awards in the past, um, both here at Podcast Movement in previous years. Todd Cochran has run the podcast awards online since 2005 as well. I'm curious um, about a couple of things to get in the weeds for a little bit. Um, how open is the judging process going to be? There are other podcast awards, and may maybe then they haven't quite been as, as open as, um, as they could be. So we're going to take the best practices from the television and the film academy in that all members of the organization will be voting on the general awards and members of each peer group will vote on their respective awards. So for instance, if you're a host, you get to vote for best host but you also get to vote for best podcast. If you're a sound designer, you get to vote for best sound design. You also get to vote for best podcast. Um, and the nomination, um, exactly, we haven't worked out how it will be implemented. Um, all podcasters will enter their awards, the, 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 will make entries as, as it happens in the other kinds of awards, and we will decide over the next few months, based on how the other organizations do it, what happens to get from entry to nomination, to, to shortlist. And the music, the music world, of course, has plenty of awards. Um, are, they, are they roughly run in the same way? Yeah. I think, I think, you know, for this in particular, like to Hernan's point, that, you know, we want to make sure that we're signifying excellence for those that actually understand what that actually means in their particular sphere, right? Um, and that's something that definitely mimics what happens on the music side. Yeah. And not popularity in your study. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I don't know whether you can whether you can answer this, but what clearly the iHeart Podcast Awards have been a thing, and uh, th this year was quite flashy and 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 bright and everything else. Does this replace the iHeart Podcast Awards, or in in your Not mind? Not at all. Or, Not or? at all. Because if you think about the music industry, that's the Grammys. There's also the MTV Music Awards, the Spotify Best New Artist, the iHeart Music Awards. So I think there's a space for commercial um, awards to continue. Um, and at the same time have one peer-based, not-for-profit-based, completely neutral, inclusive award ceremony, the Golden Mics. I just want to add that I actually think it's a very good thing if there, there is a proliferation of awards. I mean, it's just more opportunities for people, and, the, and, and there are, if every 
maturing industry has slices of the professional aspects of it that are specialized. And so what I love about this idea is it's really going to take a wide look at the professional elements. And I kind of welcome other other award shows that come out because that means that there's a lot more excellence to be recognized. And so I, I don't I don't I think it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's a one one size fits all. I just think that it's there sh- we should have lots of avenues by which people get better at what they do and are recognized for that. So how in terms of the uh, organizational structure d- does it work? You have a board of governors, uh, you're, you're all busy people, you do, you do other things as well. Um, so is, uh, is there going to be you know, another level below that or how, how, how will everything actually work in practice? Have you, have you yet worked that, that sort of thinking out? We're working that out, right? Like that's that. This is the beginning, basically, of the entire thing. And so the next steps are to kind of come together as a, as a board and start figuring some of that stuff out. So um, yeah, we don't necessarily have answers today, but we're going to work real hard over the next couple of months to figure it out. And in terms of timing, uh, the, uh, uh, the it's the Golden, Golden Mike, Mike Golden Mike's Award. Um, you said 2021. Yes. For that. Do you, do you have um, uh, do you have anything more concrete in terms of in terms of whether it's uh, January or the end of the year or you know, we will probably be in early 2021. We want to give ourselves enough time to build the membership organization because for the awards to be truly representative, our goal is to have members measuring the thousands rather than hundreds, and I, I think it will just take time to get to thousands of members. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd like to end just by asking each of you um, the thing that you are most excited uh, by, because there's a wonderful board, which is a very uh, diverse board with lots of different people with different, with different views being you know, involved in, in the academy. And I'm just wondering, what is the thing, what is the one thing that each of you are most excited about in terms of what the Podcast Academy can actually, can actually achieve? I'm going to ask you, Kerry, first, if I might. One of the things I really love about this is the uh, recognition of the folks that work on shows that maybe are not behind the mic. There's a whole bunch of super talented people and we should really recognize the piece that they do to, co- to contribute to any successful show. So I really love that idea. Yeah. Aliyah. I mean, I'm gonna be a broken record. I'm excited about the advancing of this form. I'm excited about what is going, what new things are going to come out of it because of this academy. Um, I think I'm excited because you know I've been in, I've been in podcasting for about five years now, and it's it's such a great community. It's so collegial. It's so energetic. It's such a powerful thing that we're that we're doing right now, um, and I really feel like we're on the tipping point of making it bigger. And and I think this is going to help lead that effort. And I'm excited that we'll be celebrating quality in storytelling in podcasting. I think that's something that is uh, often done through the mechanisms that I talked about during the speech, but. There's t- the time has come for us to come up with an organization that celebrates it and has their mission to celebrate quality every day. And for everybody in this room, what is the thing that they should be doing next? They should go, if they're interested in joining the organization, go to thepodcastacademy.com, thepodcastacademy.com, and enter your email. And as soon as we have the membership applications um, conditions final, we'll be emailing everybody 
with our application to fulfill. That's great. So getting on the waiting list, essentially, at yep. thepodcastacademy.com. Um, I don't know about, I don't know what the headline will be in Pod News on Monday, but it seems that today is a really big day for podcasting. Perhaps it's the day the podcasting came of age. So please join me in thanking the panel and board of your Podcast Academy. Thank you very much.